Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Welcome, family. It's Friday. Jesus 911. Uh, two sacrament of matrimony vehicle. Yeah, Jesse and Anita, we're here to serve you. Today's an exciting day because what's yes, going to happen across absolutely. the world in about an hour? Yeah, the consecration. That's uh, a big day. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's uh, hopefully heaven honors our consecration, the prayers of the Pope and the bishops, and uh, and we could we could actually see uh, what we call the the reign of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the reign of Mary. Yep. So uh, pretty exciting. Uh, it is about very an hour, exciting. In about, about an hour from Absolutely, now. it's exciting. And today is a special day. Also, it's a feast day, a solemnity of the Annunciation of our Lord. So. There we go. Um, that's something that we, hopefully all of you can hit Mass if you can, and uh, pray some Marian prayers. Yeah, we're going to start off with the Marian prayer, then we're going to do the Ave Maria in Latin. Yes. Look, we're going to start a preparatory novena prayer for the consecration of Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. It's in about an hour from now. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, and the of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Immaculate Heart of Mary, Mary Holy Mother, Mother of God, God and, and our, our most tender Mother, mother Look down upon the distress in which the church and all humanity finds itself due to the spread of godlessness, materialism, and the persecution of the Catholic faith, heirs of which you warned in Fatima. You are the mediatrix of all graces. Obtain for us the grace that all the bishops of the world, in union with the Pope, may consecrate Russia and Ukraine to your Immaculate Heart on March 25, 2022. By this consecration, we hope, as you told us in Fatima, that, that at a time, time appointed by God, God, Russia will be converted and mankind will be granted an era of peace. We hope that by this consecration, the triumph, the triumph of your Immaculate Heart will soon draw near and the Church will be authentically renewed in the splendor of the purity of the Catholic faith, the sacredness of the liturgy and the holiness of the Christian life. O Queen of the Holy Rosary and our most tender Mother, turn your eyes towards the Pope, your eyes towards the Pope, your merciful eyes towards the Pope, the, the bishops, bishops, and each of us, and graciously hear our fervent and trusting prayer as we say, Ave Maria, gracia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Santa Maria, Mater Dei, ora por nobis pecadoribus, nunc et in mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gracia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Santa Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis pecadoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gracia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tu, Jesus. Santa Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis pecadoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. In nomine Patri, Filii, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Richard, is the Pope on right now? Is that what we're watching? Okay. We are watching. Uh, our cameras are fixed over to Rome. We're we're, we're skyping in uh, the actions in Rome right now. The preparatory actions of the Pope. And you see our Lord hanging on the cross there. I'm I'm assuming that's probably Saint Peter's Basilica. Okay. We'll see as soon as we get a wider angle. Okay, Vatican live stream. Anthony, is this a preparatory mass? 
Okay, so it's here. So, uh, so this is live, right? We're not on. Oh. Okay. Okay. Got it. So, uh. Okay. Yeah, that's fine if you want, if you want to put it side by side. Okay. 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 Sounds okay. good. Okay, so here we are. I, that's. Um, it looks like. Uh, it looks like this is Holy Mass. Yes. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It looks like this is a second yeah. w- one of the readings. Obviously, you have a a, a lay lector up there. It looks uh, like the sacred liturgy, and it looks mm-hmm. like probably right after this, the Pope will be doing the consecration. Yes. A little bit sooner than I thought. Yeah, we thought it was at. I thought uh, it was at ten ten thirty our time, but no, yes, it looks like but, it's going to okay, be sooner. Okay, well, yeah, it is at the Basilica. Look at how beautiful that is! Look at all the colors. And I, I believe that the first reading, uh, we went to Holy Mass. We just came from there. Was from the book of, uh, uh, let's see, from the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. So that's the. Uh, I'm I'm assuming that's the first reading. So she just finished the first reading, and it looks like we'll be entering the responsorial psalm. I'll tell you what was interesting today at Mass. Uh, there was kind of a, a, a theme today at Holy Mass with the readings. Yes. More than anything, in fact, I'm flipping over <clears throat> to the readings today. Today is yes. the 25th. Yep. So the uh, responsorial psalm, just in case... Uh, it's a heart contrite, humbled, O God, you will not spurn. So that's uh, from Psalm 51. That's what we're reading. Today's first reading was for the book of Ahaz. Isaiah, excuse me. Isaiah mm-hmm. chapter 7, verse 14 mm-hmm. and following. Yeah. It's uh, Ahaz was a king. God spoke to Ahaz. And this is the prophecy of the, of the virgin birth. The prophecy of the incarnation. The prophecy... Uh, spoken to Ahaz that was uh, fulfilled in the birth of Christ through the bless- through the perpetual virginity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And this prophecy spoken 700 years before the Incarnation mm. uh, already, pr- already announces our Lord Jesus Christ that he would be called Emmanuel, which is God with us. So this is what's called a prophecy, one of the over 300 prophecies of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, and in this prophecy, the uh, proclaimed about seven hundred years before the birth of Christ, specifically tells us about the incarnation, the birth of Christ, the perpetual virginity of Mary, mm-hmm. and all this came to pass. <clears throat> yeah, I think um, I I know I said before it was a different psalm. This is Psalm forty. That uh, we have uh, here, I am, Lord. I come to do your will. Yes, and now, that's what we're we're called to do. Us, we're here. I am, Lord. I come to do your will, and that's what our Blessed Mother did in her fiat. And by the way, the, uh, hopefully today again, Russia's consecrated. That's what we're waiting for because that specifically hasn't been done. Yes, mm-hmm. there's been seven consecrations from seven other popes. Absolutely. Yes. But they haven't consecrated Russia. The word Russia has not been mentioned. Russia is mentioned in this consecration prayer today that's going to be happening after Holy Mass. So that was one of the specificities, specificities, I think that's the word, Mm -hmm. that was asked by the Blessed Virgin Mary at Fatima. So what's going to happen today? It's taking us, (laughs) 
It's taken yep. us about a hundred years to get it right, but yep. uh, and I hope this is the right, the right words, the right precision. That's what we're looking for: precision in the prayer. Yes, and God willing, that there, that's what we have because that's what we need. We need in you know, the consecration of Russia, primarily. That's yeah, that's primarily. That's a primarily request. Now, I'll, I'll let I'll let heaven decide what they want to do with everything else that's inserted in there: Ukraine, the humanity. Uh, I don't know if you know. God will decide yep. uh, if he will, if he will it's act his will, ultimately. Words. But ultimately. we know that the word Russia has to be in there, and it is in today's consecration. It will be there. And this solemnity is teaching us when Mary is giving herself, it, be it done unto me according to thy will. So that's what we are here. You know, it's his will, ultimately, during this consecration. She's given us an ultimate example of the will, our will, his will. Not our will, his will. And that that's the tie-in, by the way, in all the readings today, mm-hmm. starting from the responsorial psalm. Psalm 40, it says, Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. Mm-hmm. Then you go into the second reading, the letter from the uh, a reading from the letter to the Hebrews, Hebrews. chapter mm-hmm. 10. It says it twice there. Yeah. Behold, I come to, to do, do your will, will, O God. A second time it says, Behold, I come to do your will. Mm-hmm. Then you got today's gospel, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and following where the Blessed Mother says, May it be done to me according to your word. So notice the tie-in. The, the, the tie-in. And in, don't you think in, that's a beautiful, beauty soul. of the Catholic Church? Everything should flow just like this. This is an example of order, 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 order. Yeah. The tie-in in, in today's psalm, the second reading, and the gospel today is that we are called to do the will of God. Mm-hmm. That's the refrain in all. Now, the first reading, you can, uh, you can actually say that uh, God's will was done. God spoke to Ahaz and told Ahaz, "This is what's going to happen." Uh, mm-hmm. And so, obviously, the first reading shows us that God's will will, will be done, the incarnation. Right. Mm-hmm. But the psalm, the second reading, and the gospel specifically tell us, mm-hmm. I come to do your will, O God, which is a teaching lesson for us. Because when you go to the Our Father, mm-hmm. the Our Father says the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yep. uh, Thy will something. be done yep. on earth as it is in heaven. Yep. And I want to mention something in the gospel. The beginning of the gospel, it says, since this is a spiritual warfare show, it shows the angel Gabriel was sent from God. So he was sent, and that's w- the power of God and uh, the angels, their obedience. Okay, God, you, you're sending me down to, to, um, an, give, a to give a message to right. who, that's the definition of an angel, a messenger. Yeah. To give it to our blessed mother that she shall be with child. And uh, I like that the angel Gabriel was sent from God. That's powerful. Yeah. And At the very again, beginning, exactly it just brings what they it. Do. They do God's. Right. Okay. I hear the music. And here comes the Queen Mother. Ora Pronobis, pray for us. And pray for Russia. Ora Pronobis. Our Lady Guadalupe, pray for Russia.
We are we, back, Holy Family. Yes, Holy Family. Good to be back with you in the second segment. Um, I know you see on the right side of your screen or the screen that's showing the Mass uh, for the Solemnity of our, the Annunciation. But we're here to continue with our show. Meanwhile, yeah, we're going to keep talking about spiritual warfare. Yes, you can, and this is spiritual the mass, warfare. <laughs> the consecration is going to be done after the Holy Mass. So right now, we're going through the sacred liturgy. You can just watch it. It's on the screen next to us. I found something interesting. Four things that jumped out at mm-hmm. me that were very good. For those of you, you know, there's a lot of Catholic devotionals out there. Mm-hmm. There's one called the Magnificat. That's the one that I generally use. Uh and there was four things this month on spiritual warfare that jumped out at me that I, that, that I had made a notation. I said, you know what, i got to share this with the audience. So for those of you that have the Magnificat on page 59, this month it talked about St. Catherine of Siena. Yeah, and it's uh, the title, Saints Who Overcame Temptation. That's Yes. So and, all, all month, all Lent. Right. <laughs> and let's, let's go through... Uh, <clears throat> Let's just let's go through this because this has got some powerful spiritual warfare. Yes, it does. Absolutely. I'll do the first paragraph and then do the okay. following. Catherine was a 24th child born to a well-off Sienese family. At the age of six, she had a vision of Christ that awakened her vivid life of prayer. When her decision to remain a virgin led her family to treat her unkindly, she took refuge in the cell of her heart. By the way, she's a doctor of the church. Died mm. in 1380. Yeah. Okay. Catherine received a profound understanding of God's love and a zeal for manifesting it in the world. She joined the Dominican Third Order, served the poor, and worked to the to end division through prayer, fasting, and exhortation. She died at the age of 33, mm. having offered all her sufferings for the unity of the church, then in schism. So the church was in schism. She died at 33. All What's, these... It's That's, incredible. Yes, As I read one saint after another, a yep. lot of them die at 33. Yep. The age mm-hmm. of Christ, the age of perfection. Right, St. Catherine. She's an awesome one. St. Catherine, pray for mm-hmm. us. Once after Catherine had prayed for the gifts, the gift of fortitude, she experienced repeated temptations against chastity. Notice, that's that's where the devil attacks most yes, people. The, the lower faculties. And the ninth <laughs> commandment. Yep. That's why Our Lady of mm-hmm. Fatima said, more people will go to hell because of the sixth and ninth commandment, this and is that's what, and he, that's what we're fighting in this country. Sexuality, sexual sin, sexual sin. It's you abortion, know abortion, transgender, transgenderism, LGBT, homosexuality. Let's call month. it what it is. That's what it, we're we're fighting. So it says, but Christ seemed absent to her. That's what we call the dark night of the soul when people mm-hmm. think that Christ is that God is gone. Mm-hmm. Okay, Christ seemed absent to her. After several days, the Holy Spirit enlightened her, showing her how fortitude was being forged in her soul through her vigilance, and she intensified her fight against the temptations. When a devil appeared to her, Catherine declared her willingness to suffer anything for Christ. He fled at once. Wow, wow. We're going to key in on that. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, the part where it says um, how her fortitude... She through her vigilance, her her forged her in her soul through her vigilance, and she intensified her fight against the temptation. What do they What do they mean by that? Her prayer. That's what her constancy. That's what that means. She intensified her fight. So that's what we got to do to fight you against just temptation. Bump, up your prayers. bump it up. If you feel like you're getting weak. 
bump it up. And, and then you have to do spe- sometimes specific specific prayers, specific prayers, specific prayers uh, for that thing that you that vice you're wrestling with. Yes. Be gone, evil spirit, spirit of lust. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name, go to the foot of the cross. That Jesus Christ may do with you as he wills. Mother Mary, virgin most powerful, crush this evil spirit of lust under your immaculate feet. Amen. So that's what we want. Be specific. Be specific. We want to uh, prevent sin. You know, we're going to have temptation, but how do we prevent the sin? We we do it through prayer, through prayer, fasting. And all of us know our weaknesses. Yeah. So I'll, I'll all take, of us take know. Take custody of the eyes. Yes, absolutely. Take custody of the senses. Yeah, that's where it comes through first, the eyes. And by the way, a man, uh, 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 men have to especially take custody of the eyes because their mm-hmm. brains are, are already hardwired to look at beauty. Mm-hmm. I remember I learned that in theology of the body like 15 years ago. And then my wife just showed me another in some medical, in the book of, uh, Ask your husband. A doctor said what I learned 15 years ago in theology of the body. That uh, wh- why did men hardwire a man's brain to look at beauty? Why? Mm-hmm. Simple. It's for the preservation of the human race. Mm-hmm. So God did this in the brain to men to look at beauty, find it, and look at beauty. Why? For the preservation of the human race. Now, it could work against you. Because what God has hardwired in the brain, mm-hmm. now, if not moderated and tempered, could turn into lust. Mm-hmm. And ergo, you got serial rapists that say, well, my brain is hardwired to look at women and, and, and objectify mm-hmm. them. Okay, that scientifically, that's, that's true. The brain is hardwired. Now, this is why faith needs to temper those passions that can, that can become disordered. And I, and I believe we as... Uh... Uh, as as human beings, the flesh, we need to uh, train ourselves when when we see, especially men, uh, when we see some some beauty, something that's very attractive. They say, "That's my sister in Christ. Yeah. That's my brother in Christ. That's the best way." She to could be your my thoughts. sister. She could be my daughter. So that's how you can help yourself temper it and move away from beginning the beginning to lust, because if you keep on focusing on that person. Then you start start imagining things. Okay? Yeah, that's what I heard that from Steve Wood like tw- fifteen years ago. He said it at a conference. He says, yeah. "Guys, this is the way you're supposed to do it. Yeah. When your your eyes are going to lock on beauty, boom. Okay, she's call, beautiful. Call, My call sister her Christ. your sister in Christ, Christ. And, yeah. and, 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 and women call men yeah. your brother in Christ. Yeah. It doesn't just apply to men. Yeah, it also applies to women. That's how it. That's how you yes. purify your yeah, just, thoughts. That's my. That he could be my brother. Right. He could be my son. And they probably are. If they're he baptized. He could be my father. You know. They're, they're, they're baptized. They are baptized. your brother in Christ. Right, so think right. about lusting for your brother and sister. That's not a good thing. Yeah. Right. But here's what jumped out at me here, mm-hmm. and and uh, in this little reflection for the Magnificat. Mm -hmm. When a devil appeared to her, Catherine declared her willingness to suffer anything for Christ. He fled at once. Once. Now here's what's key. This is is... what Liber Crystal calls the judo prayer. Mm -hmm. A demon doesn't want to cooperate with your holiness. So if you're now going to offer your sufferings to God, a demon is going to say, "Uh Mm uh-oh, I'm causing Mm -hmm. this guy to suffer but he's he's using it as a judo prayer yep. now. He's using his suffering to mm-hmm. become holy because he's yep. offering it to God. Oh no! By my oppression and my obsession, what he's doing it, he's offering this suffering to God. Oh no! 
I'm causing him to be holy. Mm. I'm becoming an instrument of yes. his holiness. I'm gone. That's what that's, happened to St. Yes, Catherine. That's, that's St. Catherine did judo to the devil. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, and, the temptations she was going through, she offered him up to God, judo, ju- a judo flip. Mm-hmm. And so the demon is saying, oh, no, I'm helping this woman become holy. Yes. I'm out of here. A useful idiot. <laughs> yeah, you're He's using them as an instrument to their holiness. This is what. So you want to say? So why did the demon flee? It's simple, because in her in her temptations, she declared her willingness to suffer anything mm-hmm. for Christ. She was offering these temptations as a suffering, uh, 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 the sufferings for Christ, uh, this battle against temptation. And the demon does not want to become your instrument to become holy, so the demon will leave. Yeah, and I think Perfect of many example. people don't just think of suffering like physical suffering, like pain or or a family member, and they don't realize that you could use the suffering for to to fight against temptation too. So there's you know it's not just for physical and and for emotional. My family members, I'm suffering because of my sons and a, a drug addict but also for temptation. So I think many people don't realize that, that they can use that. Yeah, it says that she intensified her her fight fight against the temptations. And how Mm -hmm. does she intensify it? Because, again, when you're fighting, there's suffering involved. Mm -hmm. She offered her sufferings to God for these temptations that she was having. Mm -hmm. Temptations against what? Chastity. Oh, Mm -hmm. saints suffer from... yeah, all of them do. Yeah, every yep. single saint. Remember, that, she was young. Every She's, single saint that I read, yes, suffered very young. With, this is where the devil like, attacks us. Yes, we got mm-hmm, a body. Yeah, mm-hmm. we this are is, human. This is so we, easy for him. Mm-hmm. Again, but what's what's the the, the cash value? Uh, if, fight the temptations by with fortitude, with prayer, with faith, mm-hmm. fasting, yeah. and then offer the sufferings of this temptation, this battle to God, and this this will cause the demon to flee because yep. the demon does not want to become an instrument for your holiness. Yeah. What's the last paragraph? The last say? paragraph it says, "Then Christ came, Lord, where were you when my heart was so uh, tormented?" She asked him. Jesus then told her that the sadness her temptations had given her was a sign that he had remained with her, defending her in her moment of need. I was in the center of your heart, he said. So see, yeah. Jesus never, he left, never her. left her. He never left her. And we got to believe that. You know, during our times of troubles and sufferings, know that Jesus is right there. Reach out to him. Reach out to him. In theology, that's called the dark night of the soul or the dark night of the senses. Yes, and we all feel that. We all go through that. We all go through that and know that it's not a feeling. It's I'm not here to feel good. Oh, Jesus made you feel good. Yeah, it's okay. You can have those moments uh, of 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 uh, joy and but know that Jesus is always going to be with you, and that's just challenging. Yeah, that's 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 a metaphysical fact that if you're in a state of grace. Jesus is always with, with you. you. Now, yep. you may not feel him. That's not. That's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Metaphysically, he's already. For example, and we'll go on to the next story here in the Magnificat. Saint Mother Teresa of Calcutta didn't feel Jesus for fifty years. Yes, she lived in a state of grace continually. What was she going through? Yeah. It's called the dark night, night of, of the, the soul, soul. the dark night of the senses. Mm-hmm. Here's the yeah. next story in the Magnificat in today's in this month's Magnificat. 
It's yes. St. John Vianney. St. John Vianney. Saint, and this is saints who overcame temptation again. He died in 1859. Okay. He was a priest. Go right. Ahead. He was a priest. It said, John came from French peasant stock and spent his childhood working as a shepherd. If I were to become a priest, he told his mother, I would like to win many souls. His lack of early education led to many trials in his seminary. But at 29, he was ordained. Two years later, he was made pastor in the tiny village of ours. He met the lukewarm faith of his parishioners with a regimen of prayer, fasting, and zealous teaching. Drawing a Eucharistic adoration for strength, he devoted himself to the confessional. Over time, word of his spiritual acumen... Uh, Here she comes. Our Lady Guadalupe, pray for Russia. Holy pause. Pray for Russia, Our Lady. Pray for us. We're talking about saints who overcame temptation. We'll be right back. Jesus 911, we are back. Welcome back, Holy Family. Welcome back. We're here, and we're talking about um, the diabolical. Several uh, saints yes. and how they, how they fought back against mm-hmm. the devil. Yes. And we're and getting we can... it from this immense Magnificat. By the way, for those of you that get the Magnificat, uh, these four stories are in your Magnificat. Yep. So the, we're talking about St. John, John Vianney, and we're in the second uh, paragraph. And, um, here, here, yeah. here's, so here's what it says on the second paragraph. Yeah, he met the lukewarm, he met the lukewarm faith of his parishioners with a regimen of prayer, fasting, and zealous teaching. Drawing on Eucharistic adoration for strength, he devoted himself to the confessional. By the way, he's the mm-hmm. patron state of priest. But just mm-hmm. in case you're wondering, over time, word of his spiritual acumen spread well, spread well beyond the village, and people came from all over France to confess to him. He stayed in the in the airless confessional in heat and cold up to 16 hours a day. At the age of 73, as he lay dying, he was still absolving penitence. Wow. He knew the importance of confession. Yeah. He knew that's the key to bringing these pe- people in, 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 in and, a state of grace. Yeah, and you'll have many exorcists that teach today mm-hmm. in the schools of exorcism in the country, in, in, in the world, <clears throat> that the sacrament of confession is about a hundred times more powerful than the solemn rite of exorcism. Mm-hmm. Notice what I just said, a hundred times more powerful. Yep, right. That's what's being taught in Rome, in mm-hmm. Chicago, and in Colorado Springs, the three schools of exorcism. And I know uh, you've all heard that before, but that's just something that we need to repeat often. So people, you all can go out, and we all actually go out and, and just remind our priests how important confession is. So That's there right. should be times of confession open during the week. <laughs> yeah. More so, often. So uh, for 35 years, John, John suffered, that St. John Vianney, suffered terrifying nightly torments from the devil. How many years? 35 years. Wow. That's a long time. Wow. <laughs> we got comments on that, right? 35 years of nightmares. Yeah, Did you hear nightmares. that? Nightmares. Nightmares. Wow. Okay. I just want to just, yep. in case you may... 
Because uh, I'm just saying because a lot of people, oh no, oh no, I have a nightmare. This is normal. We're going to be attacked by demons until we die. Mm-hmm. Look at the saints that we're quoting here. Yep. Chastity, nightmares. Somebody has a nightmare. Oh no, yep. oh no. I, I, a don't panic. This is part of living on earth. Mm-hmm. It continues. I just have to say yeah. that. At first, the jarring visitations, loud noises, ghastly ghostly singing, and even physical assaults evoked a great fear in the priest. But he persevered in the faith and eventually was able to joke about the devil's attempts to sway him from his work. He came to see that the torments increased just before a great sinner was about to come to confession. He had a big wow. target on his back. He yeah. had a big bullseye because he... Yeah, that's to prevent him from from absolving the sins from the sinner that wants to, you know, get back with right with God. Okay, and, and, and of course, yeah. because again, the demons know the power of the sacrament of the confession. Right, it's like a right. nuclear bomb. It says, uh, John Vianney gave, gave this advice. The demon is very cunning, but he is not strong. Making a sign of the cross soon puts him to flight. So, yep. St. John Vianney just uh, joins another list of uh, many saints that tell us, look what it said, the last thing it said. Making a sign of the cross puts a demon to flight. So, let's put a demon to flight right now. Just We'll do it slowly with yep. piety. Yep. In the name of the Father, Father the and of the Son. Son. And, and of the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. By the way, just doing that, mm-hmm. he's one of like 12 yep. saints that tell us, yep. doing that's called a, a physical contract. You're projecting this into the cosmos. What you just did right now puts demons to flight. When you have a temptation, make the sign of the cross. When you feel the presence of evil, make the sign of the cross. In the morning when you wake up, mm-hmm. wake up, make the sign of the cross. In the evening when you go to bed, make... Find any excuse to make the sign of the cross. Why? St. John Vianney says, making the sign of the cross puts demons to flight. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's go to another one uh, on the Magnificat. It's on, on, it was on page 345 of the Magnificat. And this month it's dealing with uh, saints who overcame temptation. That's yep. the theme this month. That's why there's a lot of spiritual warfare on yeah, saints right. who forgave uh, saints who uh, overcame temptation. Yes, yeah, saints who... Saint, this saint uh, is called... Chimolowski. Chimolowski. Yeah. Saint Albert Chimolowski. Chimolowski. Saint Albert Chimolowski. In nineteen sixty, he died in 1916. He was a wealthy Pole by birth. Adam Chimolowski joined the Polish uprising in 1863 and lost one of his legs in the, light, the fighting. After his recovery, he went to study painting in Warsaw at the School of Fine Arts. Here's the meat of it. Yes, the meat. There, Adam <coughs> joined a group of students, Adam Chimolowski joined a group of students who gathered regularly at the Siminski home, where Mr. Siminski hosted evenings of spirit conjuring, mm-hmm. much to his wife's, to his devout wife's dismay. So Mr. Siminski... Was, was an occultist. occultist. Mm-hmm. And his wife was a, a, devout, a, a Catholic. devout Catholic. Mm-hmm. But the husband was an occultist. Mm-hmm. So it says, and and and, and St. Albert Chmielowski, as a young man, joined one of the meetings. So it says, One night, the heavy oak table around which everyone had gathered came to life and began to rotate 
and wobble in response to their questions. So this is this is the precursor of the Ouija board that they're mm-hmm. doing. This is a seance. Board, seance. They're communicating yeah. with mm-hmm. the dead. Mm-hmm. And these are evil spirits that they're conjuring. Mm-hmm. It says, Mrs. Siminski, again, she was the good Catholic. Her husband was the occultist. She's devoted. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Siminski, who had been praying nearby, quickly tossed her rosary on the top of the table, which cracked right down the middle. Whoa. The experience cured Adam's temptation. Adam, the husband. Oh, no. Adam. Uh, Adam's the pole. St. Albert. St. Albert. St. Yeah, Albert. they okay. call him Adam. Okay, mm-hmm. his name was Adam. His name's Adam. The experience cured Adam's mm-hmm. temptation to dabble in the occult. Adam, a future saint. Mm-hmm. And he gratefully accepted Mrs. Siminski's offer to send him to Munich to continue his studies. Wow. That is the power of the rosary. Not only the, the you witness, they witness the physical power of the rosary, but, the, the, but most importantly, the spiritual power you know just throwing the rosary there the her faith her faith through the power of the rosary asked mary to defeat the defeat the diabolical and that's what happened because it reminds me what father gabriel amorth rest in peace he's always saying that satan hates the rosary Mm -hmm. satan is afraid of mary the power of the rosary yeah gosh we've seen it and heard many good stories about the power of the rosary and that just could just encourage you in the faith to continue praying the rosary. Uh, read, there's another story of this mm-hmm. other, I think I forget what Saint Saint Vincent mm-hmm. of Ferrer or Saint mm-hmm. Francis of Xavier. Mm-hmm. There was a possessed woman in the middle ages. They just took the rosary and put it to the neck of the possessed person, held it there on her neck and all the demons that were possessing her mm-hmm. left just with the saint Holding the rosary to the neck of a possessed person. I think it was St. Vincent Ferrer who did that. Mm -hmm. But let's go to another story. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to just remind all of you, you know, as our confidence confidence increases in God, the fear decreases. So just remember that. As our confidence increases in God and through prayer, through fasting, through, through, through the through all those uh, devotional practices. practices, your fear is going to decrease. Yes. So the, the first story that we read, uh, it was St. Catherine. It was her, su- she embraced suffering and offered it to God. It caused the demon to flee. Mm-hmm. The second story, the demon fled by the person making the sign of the cross. This story mm-hmm. that we just read, uh, a seance basically was stopped by a, a holy wife yep, putting throwing the wife. rosary on top of a table where the seance is being performed mm-hmm. and the table cracks in half. Basically, it stops the seance. Right. We got one one and more I'm, story here from the And I'm, I'm wondering if the husband ever converted. That would be interesting to find out if he continued his occultic practices. I'm sure he did. It just, or, it's a short story. And you don't want to say something about marriage. She, that's who she married. Yeah. And she, what she do? She became her her devotion to our Lord and our Lady was obviously very strong and living in a state of grace and praying for him. So maybe this is what he needed to may possibly convert. We don't know because it doesn't tell us this. But see how important you women, your prayers for your husband that are not following Christ. 
there's a chance of conversion. Yeah, because this the is, Bible says And if that. there was a conversion, this was a radical conversion yeah. for him because he really experienced how uh, uh, God and Our Lady are are obviously God's more powerful than than the Satan Nicole. and the diabolical and all those practices. And so that's, I just wanted to mention that. I thought yeah, that was, the husband you know, witnessed the power yeah, of a sacramental right? and the sacramentals get their power from mm-hmm. the church, the yeah. blessing of the church and the church gets its power from being united to Jesus Christ. So this occultist saw the power of Catholicism in front yep. of his face. Yep. And you know, and, and it, and it testifies to her, you know, her marriage, the sacrament of marriage. Also, right what there. she what she did mm-hmm. there is she follows St. Paul's prescriptions. Mm-hmm. It says the believing spouse sanctifies the unbelieving spouse. That's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure she would want as she would sit back and watch her husband mm-hmm. do these yep. occultic practices. She would be sitting there praying uh, rosaries and rosaries mm-hmm. as he was involved in the occult. And finally, one day, her prayers just absolutely broke it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got the Pope. It looks like he's going to confession. I think. Yeah, yep, it does look like. Yep, yeah, he's going, like he's going to confession. confession. That's wonderful. Yeah, look right. at that. It looks okay. So wow. mass is over. The holy mass is over at Saint Peter's Basilica. The Pope is going to confession. So I'm sure we're getting close to the consecration. Yeah. We got the holy pause of Our Lady. Our Lady Guadalupe, pray for, for Russia. Us. We'll be right back. We're back, Holy Family. We're back, and we, as you can see on the screen there, there, um, we're, we're looking at the Basilica, Saint Peter's, uh, Peter's Basilica, and it looks like Pope Francis was going to confession or went to confession, and there's other people going to confession, and right now it's just, uh, I think it's a little pause, um, getting ready to con- probably consecration. consecration. Yeah, and you see there the nun there. In confession, beautiful confession. By the I way, like St. That. Peter's Basilica was uh, built by Emperor Constantine back mm-hmm. in, in the 4th century, early 4th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, St. Uh, also St. Peter's Basilica is, uh, it, it's it, it's the church that has the two, the, 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 the popes underneath the altar. Mm-hmm. And there, Saint- there's a crypt underneath that mm-hmm. has all the popes that we know of mm-hmm. buried underneath St. Peter's altar. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, also the Swiss Guard you see there. The Swiss Guard is the oldest organized military uh, unit in the world. They're older than the U.S. Army. They're older than the Russian Army, the Chinese Army. If you look at all the countries in the world, the oldest army that's in existence right now is the Catholic Swiss Guard. They go deep into the Middle Ages. Wow. Oh, that's um, so. Let's cut, let's jump into this, yeah, our last uh, yeah our last uh, segment spiritual here warfare. spiritual warfare on a Saint Gemma Galgani who she died in 1903, and uh, she lived in uh, Lucca, Italy, and had many mystical experiences. The such... church declared her a mystic. She didn't mm. like go on YouTube and declared herself a right, mystic. right right after posthumously yeah. right yeah, posthumously. S- 
such and then she uh, she had mystical fears such as seeing um, her guardian angel. Uh, she died at the age of twenty five and is called the Flower of Luca and a daughter of the Passion. So the story says, uh, driving out evil with Jesus and Mary. Yeah, and it's on the meditation of the day. This is not the saint of the day; it's the meditation. meditation the so it's because what they have in uh, the the Magnificat, they have the meditation of the day. That's just kind of like a little uh, reflection on uh, the readings and the saints or whatever um, any saint or story that would best uh, describe the the readings of the day. Right? Yeah. So it says, driving out evil with Jesus and Mary, says, My dearest mother, this is uh, St. Gemma Galgani, My dearest mother of sorrows, come to pay me a little visit, as she is accustomed to. She looked as if she had been weeping. Now she's talking about our our mother of sorrows. Then she smiled, saying to me, Gemma, do you wish to repose on my breast? I approached her and knelt. She raised me, kissed me on the forehead, and disappeared. Th- this evening, so, mm-hmm. I felt suddenly agitated and disturbed. It was a sign that the devil was near. Mm-hmm. Later, internally and also externally, I was all in a tempest. I should have preferred to go to bed and sleep rather than to pray, but no. I began to say three invocations, which I usually say every evening, to the sacred heart of Mary. The enemy, who had been hidden for some hours, appeared in the form of a very small man, but so horrible that I was that I was almost overcome with fear. Continuing to pray, all at once I began to feel many blows on the shoulder, which continued for about half an hour. Mm. So, <laughs> physical, that's divided yeah. Diabolical mm-hmm. oppression mm-hmm. and the visions that she was having is diabolical obsession, mental. She had both. Mm-hmm. She was being attacked, obsessed, and oppressed. Mm-hmm. Um, then my guardian angel came and asked me what the matter was. So notice when the, her guardian angel came when she started praying. Notice angels go where they are called, demons go where they're mm-hmm. not resisted. So the, her angel came as she started to pray. And her guardian angel came and asked me what the matter was. I begged him to stay with me all night. I went to bed. After that, he seemed to spread his wings and cover over my head. In the morning, he was still there. The devil, in the form of a great black dog, put his paws upon my shoulders, making every bone in my body ache. At times, I believed that he would mangle me. Then one time, when I was taking holy water, he twisted my arm so cruelly that I fell to the earth in great pain. After a while, I remembered that I had around my neck the relic of the Holy Cross. Making the sign of the cross, I became calm. Jesus let me see him, see his, himself, but only for a short time, and he strengthened me anew to suffer and struggle. Wow. So, wow, there was a lot going on here. So Physical, uh, spiritual. Yeah. Obsession. And, and you'll find a lot of the saints. Oppression. <laughs> as you read a lot of the saints, they'll say that the devil will usually appear as the black dog. That's that's yeah. that's common with the saints. That the demons will appear a like a black dog. And it's kind of it was funny yesterday. I went to the mm-hmm. the 
de- Department of Motor Vehicles here in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> and I was in line. The young guy that was in front of me, I, I, I'm just thinking about it right now. Mm-hmm. He had a, a big black dog. I mean, but it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful mane, young, strong, big dog. I, boy, this dog is uh, was it with his master. Mm-hmm. He'd take a bite out of somebody. He'd take somebody's leg off. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I walked outside. And he was pretty vicious because uh, he, he, he was in a car. The windows rolled down. All the windows were rolled down. Okay, but he was very obedient. He stayed in the car. There was a, a man with a walker walking past in front of the car. I was behind the car. I was behind, walking behind the truck. And he was viciously barking at this uh, this elderly man with a walker. And I thought, oh, my goodness, is he going to jump out of the car? Which he didn't. He stayed in the car. I guess he's pretty well trained. And um, But I just, you saw one side of him. I saw the other side of him. I saw the calm side of him. Yeah, you saw the calm side of him. I saw the vicious vicious, uh, side of him that was ready to jump on this individual, I, I believe. Yeah, so so in today's story of St. Gemma Golgani, so she sees the demon appear as a black dog, mm-hmm. and she also sees the demon appear in the form of a very little, a very small man. Yep. But she says, but so horrible, so a horrible little man. So yep. Again, demons could take the form of human beings as well. That's part of Catholic yep. tradition, and we see it here. But again, St. Gemma Golgani, she joins... She joins the choir of so many saints who have driven out mm-hmm. demons by making the sign of the cross. Yeah. I mean, the, hers was hers was very, she's very specific. She says, the demon took the form of a black dog, put his paws on oh my. my shoulder, yeah. mm-hmm. making every bone in my body ache. Yeah. That's got to be the worst feeling to yeah, me. Yeah, the worst with a black I mean, dog. Think about that. Probably Picture the same that. size of her. Yeah, I mean, well, you, they could take any form. <laughs> so the the demon is putting his mm-hmm. paws on your shoulders, shoulders, and you feel the physical paws on your shoulders, and you look back, and it's a big black dog. How was the demon driven away? She made the sign of the cross. Yeah. She again. She's 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 a long list of saints that say just make the sign of the cross with piety. And the demon will flee. Yeah. Here's a couple I, of other I, I, ones that, said, that, I, yeah. that have said this. There was. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Saint Faustina, she says that make the sign of the cross and the devil will flee. Again, we read Saint John Vianney. He said the devil's very cunning, but he's not strong. Make a sign of the cross puts him to flight. We Saint Catherine of Siena. We heard, read it earlier today. She would also put demons to flight by making the sign of the cross. Who also says that Saint Clement of Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, use the sign of the cross against the demons and they will flee. St. Athanasius, 4th century, the sign of the cross drives demons away. Uh, Father Gabriel Amorth, rest in peace, the sign of the cross chases demons away. And you also have a great church historian. Uh, his name is uh, his name is Lactantius. I think, I think he's St. Lactantius. Mm-hmm. St. Lactantius. Back in the 4th century, he also said, Christians put the, putting the immortal sign on their foreheads, the sign of the cross, demons were chased away. So Catholics make... We have a commercial break. Uh, okay. You know, we did mention about St. Peter. 
uh, the popes being under the altar of the St. Peter's Basilica in the sanctuary, while this altar is directly over the tomb of St. Peter. Mm-hmm. So St. Peter has a primacy in place mm-hmm. in the basilica. And just below the altar is a niche of the palia, where the new bishops, palia signifying office of the bishop, are laid overnight directly over the tomb of St. Peter before being given to the newly consecrated bishops. Mm. So there you go. We got that from our Good information. Our, our, our producer. From Thank you. Thank there. you, Richard. He's, yeah. he's, he's watching out for us. He, <laughs> he is. Thank yeah, you, he Richard. Sure I, I wanted to mention something about this. Uh, with Gemma Gani said, she goes, continue to pray. All at once, I begin to feel my many blows on the shoulder, which continue for about a half hour. So here she was praying, and she and she continued to feel blows. That's where the nergamen, when there's prayers, when the exorcist is praying over the the individual or individuals praying prayers themselves, they feel the attack. And this is what was happening with, uh, with the. Gemma, uh, St. Gemma Galgani, she was, as she was praying, she's continued to feel the blows on her shoulder. And that continued for a half hour. And then that's when she called in her guardian angel. She said, then my guardian angel came and asked me what the matter was. She said, I begged him to stay with me all night. I went to bed. After that, he seemed to spread his wings, come over my head. In the morning, he was still there. Hmm. So after that, he came to protect her. So, so just uh, that's what we're called to do when we're being attacked, whether it's, you know, some of us are at different levels in our faith walk. If we're feeling attacked, what do we do? Resort to prayer. Yeah. Call in your guardian angel. Yeah, she did all the right things. Yeah, she, she did the right she thing. called her guardian angel, used holy water, made the sign of the cross. Uh, again, she, she, she went to those cats. We, we we fight an ancient enemy, and yes. the ancient enemy can only be fought with ancient weapons, prayer, holy water. Yeah, and uh, it's never changed. No. It's never changed. Yeah. <laughs> this is nothing new. Right. You know. And- so we're looking at St. Peter's, right? It looks like if, uh, they have a children's choir. Uh, and it's probably singing. We can't hear it. We but can't hear it. I'm sure it's sacred music. I have no doubt it's sacred music. Yes. Yeah. Oh, but this is the Oh, that's our a show. wrap. Our Lady yes. Guadalupe, pray Continue for Russia. Continue watching. The consecration and be in prayer with, with our Holy Father to our Blessed Mother to consecrate Russia. That's Amen. our that's what we want. Precise wording. Consecrate Russia. Yes. Thank you very much for uh, for joining us. Uh, VMPR will keep on we're gonna keep on the broadcasting of live from live, Rome. Just keep on yep. So stay tuned and we'll get we'll continue to comment on what's happening in Rome. God bless you. God Keep bless the faith. See you next time.